I don't want to keep you a long time, so I want to get right to the word, Lord. While you're looking that up, I would like to say I want to express my deep appreciation to every one of you that's volunteered and, and stayed in the tents, those that did security at night, those that helped in the tent during the day, those that helped clean up. Uh, it was a team effort and not one individual in this church could do it by themselves and it is all of you working together and I want to say thank you very, very much. All the monies, every penny that comes in, not an individual in this church, not one individual will receive any of those funds individually. They go to help the Palace of Praise and different ministries that we have here. So thank you very much for serving the Lord because in that you were serving the Lord because that money again will help others. Also tonight will be our global missions. And so to let you know our offering tonight, our global mission offering that we received tonight, we will not keep any of that money. All that money will go to missionaries around the world and to help them. And we add money to that each month because we have a very large obligation to our missionaries. Um, matter of fact, it's one of the highest single expenditures we have here at the church is our missions. We go out. It's one of the top three that we have. And so just to let you know, uh, monies you give tonight for global missions, it's going to help somebody around the world. And I think we need to be praying and supporting our missionaries. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Extremely important. I believe we need to be a church that knows how to give. We need to know how to give. We don't need to just take all the money and use it here. We need to make sure we help other people around the world. That's a vision, and we need to have a vision at the Palace of Praise. Having said all that, things, it's so great to also have Sharon here with us today, Kelsey's aunt with us. We welcome you today. I enjoyed talking to her before we came up here, and, and um, her and I, we see lots of things alike, so I know she's a great lady. Amen. So, <laughs> well, at least two of us. Yeah, I agree with that. But anyway, so great to have her here. Great to have all the rest of you here. Pray for those that are out of town. There's a lots of people that are still out of town for the fourth. Hopefully, they'll be home tonight. Romans 14. I want to read two different verses, but they're separated. Uh, verse seven is the first one, and it says this: None of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. Read it one more time. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. And then in the context of that same uh, verse there, uh, for time's sake, I'm not reading all this for time's sake, but if you drop down to verse 12, verse 12, so then, so then, but all the information he's just covered, he said, so then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. I believe we will give an account not only for how we live, but how we affect others around us. It's not just about you securing your salvation and making it to heaven, but what can we do to affect others positively in a way that they can get to heaven? Can anybody say we live in a selfish society? It's all about me. But the church, the people that have the baptism of the Holy Ghost should be thinking like God. And if we think like God, it's not us first, it's others first and then us. Amen? For a few moments, I want to speak on this subject, the influence of one. The influence of one. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word, Lord. We've already been praying, so I'm going to let you be seated. Another verse that ties into this is this verse, Titus chapter 2 and verse 7. I allowed you to be seated so you didn't have to stand for the reading of this. Titus 2 and 7. 
And it says, in all things showing thyself a pattern of good works. I think the key in that word, because of good works is just a prepositional phrase, the real key is pattern. It's not about doing one good work or doing one thing. It's about having a pattern of doing good things. We should, people should be able to look at us and say, I know how, what they're going to do in that situation because they have developed a pattern of doing this thing. How many of you have said, oh, I knew they'd do that? <laughs> Why? Because that's what they've always been doing. <laughs> uh, we should have that same thing as a pattern of good works in doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned. We should be careful what we say, folks. Why? The influence of one. <laughs> you know, we need to be careful as parents what we say to our kids. And I learned a long time ago as a father, I have to be careful what I say to kids. You know, I'll, I'll go a little further. I have to be careful what I say to my wife. Boy, that wasn't lots of shouting right there and running the aisles. I, I, didn't, I don't think I heard one male amen in the house right there. I didn't hear one baritone say amen there. I should have heard a lot of this higher. <laughs> amen. I should have heard a lot of that right there. But we should be careful because we influence others. That he that is of contrary part may be ashamed having no evil thing to say of you. Let's put it another way. Don't put bullets in your enemy's gun to shoot you with. Okay? You know, here's the reality. A lots of times people lie about us, but sometimes there's an element of truth in what they're saying because we gave them that element of truth because we made unwise decisions. We said things we shouldn't say. Here's a poem I'd like to read. It's this. The slightest breeze that ever blew, some slender grass was wavered. The smallest life I ever knew, some other life has flavor. We cannot live our lives alone for other lives we touch are either strengthened by our own or weakened just as much. The influence of one. I googled this phrase and uh, heard from Brother Google. Um, <laughs> it's a long ways from Brother, I can tell you that, but Persons of influence, and the search populated my web page there with a list of famous people. And then Time Magazine's thing popped up, and the list of the 100 most influential persons. Apparently, I am disconnected because I didn't recognize most of the people's name in that list are the ones who popped up. There's rich people, wealthy people, sports figures, politicians that popped up, news, uh, celebrities, people of science, people of entertainment. But here's a question for you. How many of you have ever heard this name before? Coltida. Coltida. Anybody ever heard that name before? There's a sports figure that many of you will probably recognize when I say their name. Here's a quote from Coltida. They call her Tida. I am a loner, and so is my son. We don't waste time with people we don't like. I don't have many close friends, never have. I'm an independent, self-willed individual. That way, 
you survive. <laughs> That's a quote from this lady. Now, you can certainly see her son when I give you his name, which is a very famous person, in these words. You know who that son is? Tiger Woods. Now, how many people in this house have ever heard of Tiger Woods? <laughs> I'd say almost 100%. But nobody had heard of his mother. She was known as a disciplinarian. She was very rigid and strong. You kind of picked that up in her words there just a little bit, a little bit of character there. You look at Tiger Woods, you see a lots of her in how he is. Now you know the way, the reason why he is the way he is. Tida was also a person that took him to all of his golfing events, took him to his classes. She was always at all of his events when he was in college. When I was, she was there for him at all times. The influence of one. Can I say this, moms? Not told sharing this morning. Families are very important. Can I tell you, moms, you make a difference in your children's lives. The influence of just one mom. Dads, can I tell you, you make a difference in the lives of your children. Just one. You make a difference in all of your family. Dad, we as the house, head of the house. I want to ask you another one. Who's ever heard of this word, this name before? Caesar Rodney. Caesar Rodney. Which one of you have heard Caesar Rodney? Bishop. Everybody give Bishop a hand. He's a studious man and a very wise man. Caesar Rodney. Now, I taught school for 19 years. I had never heard this man's name. When I was studying for my lesson for Wednesday Bible study, I saw a phrase. And if you were here on Wednesday night, you heard what I said in regards to the Declaration of Independence. Because uh, if some of you didn't know, July 4th was this week. I saw a phrase with this man's name in it. And there was just like three little sentences that were there. And I thought it intrigued me with the statements that were in all of this study and that I was doing. So I researched this man. Sidney Rodney served in the Continental Congress and back in the 1700s, each colony sent three representatives to the Continental Congress and they represented these 13 colonies. And it was July 1776. The matter for discussion before the Continental Congress, you guessed it, the Declaration of Independence. Has anybody ever heard of the Declaration of Independence? How many of you enjoyed barbecue this week because of the Declaration of Independence? All right, now that kind of gets a little closer to home. Sidney Rodney was only one of three representatives from Delaware. Sydney, uh, I mean Caesar Rodney. Everybody say Caesar Rodney. Rodney was in, Del in Dover, Delaware, tending to a lawyer's problem that they were having in their state and he received word from another name, his, a guy's name by the name of Thomas McKean. And there was another representative, his name was Reed. And McKean told him, he said, we are at deadlock on our vote. I vote for and he's voting against. The Congress thought it was of utmost importance that the Declaration of Independence or what was called the Resolution of Independence, that it passed with 100%. Rodney received the news on July the 1st. 
Sidney Rodney left that evening to travel from Dover, Delaware to Philadelphia. The distance, 70 miles. It's like traveling from here to Albany. Albany is about 70 miles if you go around the roads, about 70 miles to get to Albany. He traveled all night long. Get this. He traveled through a thunderstorm. He traveled through a thunderstorm that night. 70 miles through a thunderstorm. He traveled on horseback the 70 miles. He arrived in Philadelphia in his boots and spurs soaking wet on the morning of July the 2nd. He entered into where the Continental Congress was meeting in his boots, spurs, and soaking wet just as the vote was about to be cast for these things. He voted with Makina and therefore allowed Delaware to join the other states in voting in favor of the resolution of independence. If he had not been there, the deadlock would have been viewed as a no vote and would have changed the Declaration of Independence from passing to failing. The vote of one man who traveled 70 miles. I'm preaching on the influence of one, the influence of just one. See, Delaware and the people in Delaware did not want the Declaration of Independence. He received backlash for him casting that vote, and he was defeated next turn around and was eliminated from even representing them at the Constitutional Convention and the newly Delaware General Assembly. See again, the Congress felt it was important that 100% without his one little vote out of 39 other ones that voted, folks, we would see this United States different than we see it today. One man made an unpopular decision because he understood the importance of the issue at hand. He ignored his own safety, folks, by traveling at night in a thunderstorm 70 miles. See, we too often, we focus on self-preservation. Can somebody say amen to that? Here's a question I, I have been pondering. What is the lifespan of influence? Great men have influence for a a decade, some for a generation, some maybe for a couple of generations. But what is the potential of the influence of one person? Influence is the ability to produce an effect upon others. Proverbs 13 and 20 says this, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. What is that? The influence of one upon another. But that's not the end of it. But a companion of fools shall be destroyed. That's the influence also of bad people in your life. Again, Romans 14 and 7 says this, For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. Everybody say the influence of one. Church, we are living in a world where people around us are just burning daylight with no thought of tomorrow or eternity or how they are affecting us. They give little or no thought of how they are affecting others around them, folks. What influence are we going to have on our future? Individually, 
and as a church collectively, folk, every person sitting in this room today who never even heard of the name Caesar Rodney except for Bishop has been affected by the influence of one. This nation would not be what it is today without that one man whose name has totally disappeared, folks. He has a big statue in the state of Delaware and a whole thing called Caesar Rodney Square, and it's a big deal where he's at, but none of the rest of us had heard from that. But yet, his influence affected this week for you. You ready for this? You got a day off of work this week because of Caesar Rodney. That should make you happy. If nothing else does. And you got a lots of good food this week because of him. But the real thing he did was, folks, the freedoms we have in this United States of America was afforded by the influence of one. I'm not going to speak much longer, but I want, to th I want you to think for just a moment of this. Anybody ever heard of the story of Naaman? Naaman. So let's look at some of the characters of the story of Naaman. Obviously, I would say probably Naaman was a character in the story. Um, the Bible calls him a mighty man in valor. There's king of Syria was in the story. King of Israel was in the story. Naaman's servants was in the story. Elisha the prophet was in the story. The little maiden was in the story. And in the servants also, of a, the servant of Elisha was in the story. But in the context of the story, the king of Syria, he was of little good. He had no cure to help Naaman get well. All he could do is write a letter or use his political influence to influence the king of Israel. The king of Israel, he received a letter from the king of Syria by Naaman, and here was his reply. Am I God to kill and make alive? What do you expect me to do for you, Naaman? So I can just tell you, he was of little help to Naaman in this story. Little influence in this story. He didn't even know where to go to get help. The Bible says he rented his, rent his clothes. But a prophet by the name of Elisha, he heard that the king had rented his clothes and didn't know what to do. So huh, Elisha said, hey, king, send him down to me. So the king said, I can't help you, but I know someone who can. Go see Elisha. Again, the influence of one. You know what? People should know where they could find help. They should be able to know who. Why? Because we have built a foundation in the minds of people that they say, those people can help us. I know where to go because I know who will be praying. I know somebody that's still holding true to what they've always believed and they haven't changed. The influence of one. So he sends him down to a, a Elisha, the prophet Elisha, and Naaman goes up and knocks on the screen door and, I don't know, just imagination here, knocks on the door and stuff and, and Elisha, tells his servant. <laughs> Go tell him what he's supposed to do. Go tell him, dip himself seven times in the river. So, Elisha stays in the house, drinking lemonade, sitting under the air conditioner. Use a little imagination here. <laughs> Not really, but he's doing his own thing. Servant comes to the door and he says, hey, got a message from the prophet. He said, Go dip yourself seven times 
the river and you're going to be healed. Bible says this, Naaman got ticked off. He says, I thought he would at least come out, wave his hand. The Bible says he'd wave his hand over me and he would speak words unto God and God would heal me. What do you mean go dip in the... So then he packs up and he says, I'm out of here. Prophet didn't even come out and say hello to me. Be careful. Sometimes you can get your word <clears throat> from odd places. So he's heading home mad. <laughs> Servant looked at him and said, uh, <clears throat> now if he'd have told you to go kill 100 people and win this big battle, you'd have done that, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. He just asked you to go dip in the thing. He said, but we got better rivers back at home. Why in the world should I go jump in that one? I got better ones at home. He said, but maybe we should just do maybe what he said. So then the servants had an influence in his life. Because if they hadn't spoken to his life, guess what? He probably went back home and died not long after from leprosy. So then there's the influence of a servant in his life. So he goes and gets in the water and he's healed. So now I want to ask you a question. In this story, when you start looking at this story here, who had the greatest effect or the most influence? Who was the most influential character in this story? Here's the characters. Naaman, king of Syria, king of Israel, Elisha, the prophet and man of God, Elisha's servant, the little maiden, are Naaman's servants. Who was the most influential person in this story? Verse 2 of the chapter that records the story would tell you who was the most influential person in it. It was a little maid who was there because they had gotten her and brought her back in captivity. You say, how was the little lady, how was this little maiden the most influential person in this thing? Without her, there is no king of Israel. Without her... There is no Elisha the prophet to speak unto him. Without her, we don't have a story of Naaman because Naaman would have died just like all of the other people in those days that got leprosy in that country. They died and their name was never mentioned in the Bible. The only reason Naaman is mentioned and the only reason why there was a miracle of God because there was a little maiden who said, I know where you can find help. The most influential person in that thing wasn't even Elisha because Elisha could not have given him instructions if he hadn't come to his house. Do you understand how much influence you can have on people that are around about us, folks? We look and say the story's all about Naaman when really the story should have been about the little maiden. She's the one that made all the difference in the story. But you say, okay, okay, I understand that then. That brings us to an question. What, why was her influence so great, Pastor? You better go give us some music so they'll help hope I'm going to be done here in a minute. Why was her influence so great? Oh, it was because Naaman was healed. Power of God was revealed. No, that wasn't the greatest influence of the little maiden. The answer is found in the 15th verse of where the story is recorded because here's what it says in the 15th verse of 2 Kings chapter 5 where the story is told. Here 
is why it was the greatest influence. It said this, And he returned to the man of God and all his company and came and stood before him and said, Behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. Now therefore I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. Hear me today. Naaman eventually died anyway, folks. But the influence of one little maiden changed the course of another, hear me, another perhaps for eternity. Her influence introduced Naaman to the God of Israel who was a healer. He would have never known the God of Israel was a healer if it had not been for the influence of one little maiden girl, folks. If it hadn't been for her being bold enough to say, I know where you can find your healing. I know there's a God who can take care of your problem. Come on, don't discredit yourself or the influence you're going to have upon the lives of other individuals. You know what we need to do is get, grow a backbone and become bold and begin to tell people, I know a God you need to meet. I know a God who's a healer. I know a God who will save your soul and change your world. As you stand to your feet, how much influence do we have on those around us? Do you understand how much influence you're having on your family? Do you understand how much influence you're having on your friends? I was talking to Sharon here before service, and she made the statement, she's such a blessing to our family, and she's such a great example. Isn't that what you told me? She was preaching my sermon. Because then... By you just living your life, the influence of one are helping your family and helping so many others. The influence of one. We really don't know how we're affecting our families. We don't know how we're affecting our friends. We don't even know the influence we're having on our coworkers. You have no idea who you're affecting and the influence you're having on those people you see at, at Albertsons or Thriftway or Walmart or wherever you go when you walk through the line and you're living a separated life and you've got a smile and you're a happy person and when they make a mistake, you don't yell at them and scream at them and throw a fit and throw things down like they did in the tent. You're just going to keep your composure and you're going to deal with it in a very rational way. I talked about that on Wednesday night. You're going to be in a light everywhere you go and influence everybody you see folks for righteousness and here's the biggest question is your influence pointing people to Jesus 200 243 years later you do not know his name except for one man in this house but every one of us Every one of us, our lives have been changed by Caesar Rodney, the influence of one. Naaman, guarantee you, his wife, his family, and probably a lots of other people that the story does not even cover. We do not know. I guarantee he didn't just go home and keep it to himself. I guarantee he went home and they were asking, hey, you had leprosy. What happened to you? 
it affluenced his family. He was a mighty man of war, and he was, he was way up in the army there. He influenced those that were around him. But folks, trace it back. One little maiden. Someone cleaning the house. Hello. Someone just doing their job every day changed the lives of so many people. You may think you're so insignificant because you don't have a lots of money or you may not have the most flowery position or you don't have this. You know what? Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that you can't make a difference in your world and you can't have an influence. You can have an influence. You can have an influence on this church because you're affecting every one of us in this church. You can have an influence in your world. So today I'm asking you, how do you want to affect those around you and how do you want to influence those around you today? I would like for us for just a moment, I would like for us to just, if you would, come to the front here. I think it'd be good if we pray, God, I want you to give us wisdom. God, I want you to give me direction because I want to affect this world for righteousness' sake because no man is an island to himself. You're affecting people. We need to pray, God, I want every attitude.